so I, I lift my camera. I see in my viewfinder the building is collapsing. I take one shot. My 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 famous photo of building collapsing. One shot. Uh, and we we just somebody screamed run and we you know I run. So I look back and I see this humongous cloud fast approaching. And uh, there was nowhere really to hide. And uh, so I hid behind the car. And that cloud just enveloped us. And it was like, you know, the car was moving. It was so powerful and scary. And the, the, the wind was so sharp. And then, yeah, it stopped. Uh, and it was so dark. And I couldn't hear anything. And I couldn't breathe. And, you know, I thought I was buried alive. Uh, and then when I realized uh, that I was in fact alive and that I wasn't under rebels or anything, uh, I just uh, start shooting again. Welcome to the Archipelago Photography Podcast. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sean Morton. This podcast is brought to you by Archipelago Presets, a community of photographers united by a passion for our craft and a growing collection of some of the world's finest Lightroom presets and post-production tools. As a way of thanking you for tuning in, we're offering all of our podcast listeners a discount of 20% on your next purchase. Visit us at archipelagopresets.com and use the code PODCAST20 to redeem this special offer. Today, I have the incredible honor of speaking with Gulnara Samuelova. Gulnara Samuelova is a street and fine art photographer based in New York City and the founder of Women's Street Photographers' Instagram feed. She holds a certificate in creative practices from the International Center of Photography in New York City and a diploma in photography from the Moscow Polytech College. Gulnara is a former Associated Press photojournalist and received national and international awards for her iconic photographs from 9-11, including first prize in the most prestigious World Press photo competition in Amsterdam and nomination for the Pulitzer Prize by the AP. Gulnara's work is a part of major collections such as the Museum of the City of New York, the New York Public Library, the New York Historical Society, among others. With 40 years combined experience as a documentary photographer, artist, darkroom printer, photojournalist, and a photo editor, Gulnara employs her experience and qualifications to research and curate an impressive body of work by women photographers from around the globe. Her first book, Women's Street Photographers, by Prestel Publishing, was released on March 2, 2021. Please enjoy my conversation with Gulnara Samoylova. So, Gunnar, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for inviting me, Sean. I mean, that's a, that's so exciting. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, speaking with you. Yeah, well, I'm very excited to, to speak with you. I've, I've been following your work for some time, uh, and, and there's a couple of reasons for that. But uh, I guess w one thing I always like to ask guests right off the bat is, is just to get a little bit into, um, you know, who you are and, and I guess you know, what you do as, as a photographer? Uh, what am I? So I've been a uh, photographer for the uh, past 40 
one years I started um, in photography pretty early when I was 15. And I uh, just uh, never looked back. Um, and uh, in my long, long, long uh, photography career, I, I've done uh, a lot of things from um, photo printer to now an author. So I've been a, a photographer, for, a documentary photographer, photojournalist, photo printer, portrait photographer, wedding photographer, um, curator, uh, photo editor, photo retoucher. <laughs> <laughs> the list <is> very long. <laughs> you've you've done it all. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> yeah. So, and and how did that begin for you? You you said you started when you were fifteen years old. How did you first get into the world of photography? Um, I was um, actually yeah. I I was born in Russia uh, in. Republic of Bashkortostan uh, in Ufa, which is the capital of, of Bashkortostan. And um, I was uh, very much into uh, uh, slalom skiing. Hmm. So I was getting ready to, uh, you know, I was competing, I was uh, uh, racing. And uh, so, um, so that, that, that thought, I, I thought that would be my career. But then when I was 15, I um, just by chance, I got into this photography school. Uh, there was a class. And I remember vividly uh, the teacher, <clears throat> he invited us to the dark room and turned the lights off, turned the red light on, and exposed the paper under enlarger and put it in the developer. And the image began developing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was like the most magical thing yeah. <clears throat> that, I, that I've experienced, like right in front of my eyes. And I just fell in love with photography immediately. And, and I told myself, this is what I was going to do um, all my life. Hmm. And it just... Um, it was like almost an obsession. Yeah. You know, I had like this plastic camera and uh, I put it around my neck and, and I got a new nickname. Uh, you know, before that it was a ski pole and, <laughs> and, and now it was a, a photographer. So yeah. everybody called me a photographer and, I, and that's how I start taking pictures. And I seriously uh, was thinking, that okay, this is going to be my career. And after I uh, finished high school at 17, I just marched into this centralized lab in Ufa and I said, Give me any job. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's that was like, yeah, they gave me like this job. My first job was washing prints. And uh, uh, toning into the sepia, and then cutting them into like envelopes, and sorting and, and mailing them into this um, photo studios around the town. Uh, but very quickly, I progressed into be a photo printer because I already knew how to make prints. Um, I built a, a darkroom into in, in my um, 
what do you call it? like a walk-in closet i guess oh yeah <laughs> like a storage room that i had yeah. um and uh yeah and then from there um i just uh yeah, yeah i was a printer for a couple of years and then i got a uh, offered a job as a studio portrait photographer and you know i'm talking like what is it 80s right 1980s uh the the cameras that i was using they were like big ones like eight by ten uh inches like a mm, glass plates oh wow yeah. <laughs> like i was shooting with yes like <laughs> i was shooting on glass plate negatives wow which then i would retouch with a pencil uh, and make a contact print. Um, so the studio uh, I was working at, it was mostly like portraits and documents. And, um, so yeah, that was that was uh, that was interesting. And uh, and then I got a, offered a job at the same a school where I learned photography. Yeah, you were so you were a teacher, a, right? You became a, a photography yes. teacher. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what I was uh, doing. I was teaching uh, teenagers. Um, did you did you early on get a sense of the direction your photography would go? Because, I mean, you you know you sort of specialize in right now. I I, I would say I guess you would say you're a fine art and and a documentary photographer. But did at that time was your work already in that vein or was it you know was it going in that direction uh, did you did you get a sense of you know that being what you would you know be doing as a photographer um yeah i mean i i, I mean i don't i don't consider myself a documentary photographer now i did that more before right now i do mostly street photography right um but at the time uh, when I started teaching photography, it gave me more time to work on my own photography. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of, uh, I didn't know at the time, but I did street photography, you know, wander the streets mm -hmm. and take photos. My first published photograph was a street photo of, uh, like it was in the, in the evening, I took a photo of this um, a bulwark with the street lamps and it was published in a newspaper hmm. so that you know that was so exciting yeah uh, my teacher actually uh submitted my photo is so you know being published it just gave me this rush you know yeah, yeah. um and uh i was doing a lot of freelance uh, like photojournalism and this is i thought that would the direction I would go to photojournalism and I did a lot of documentary. Um, but again, you know, I also did a lot of stuff that, um, was, was controversial in, at the time. Uh, I did, uh, yeah, I did a lot of like hand painted collages, mm -hmm. which I continue to do. Yeah. Or I did, um, a series of, uh, male nudes, which was explosive at the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about like late 80s, early 90s in the Muslim Republic of Bashkortostan, being the only female photographer in the Republic. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, right? Because you must have stood out in the in the crowd in in more of the ways than one, I guess. If you're doing work like that and and working as a woman, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had to uh, overcome a lot of obstacles um, mm-hmm. uh, early in my career, and, and I mean any any time actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to these days, um, and uh, yeah, being the only female photographer. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of criticism uh, and pushback, uh, and uh, I, to the to the point that I almost quit photography. Oh wow! Other male photographers would um, discourage me from doing something that I enjoy, and it was confusing because. You know, I, I was really passionate about photography, and I wanted to do it, and I, I and I couldn't imagine to do anything else. But when uh, male photographers who would I, whose work I would admire very much would tell you that your place is in the kitchen, oh wow, and you know this is not how you photograph, and this is bad photography, you know it's it's discouraging. Yeah. So. Uh, but one of the reasons I guess I stood out uh, in a way, you know, with my work, um, you know, it was Soviet Union, and it was uh, it was interesting time. Um, uh, and through photography, through my like paint, hand painted, and writing on photography, it helped me to to express my view mm-hmm. on the world, like uh, ecology or single mothers, mm-hmm. older people, um, AIDS. Um, and um, so this, I would just like paint and write in it. And just, this is, this is the way, uh, this is the way I wanted to just, spill out my frustrations with word, I guess, yeah. with the world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was like trained, I guess, in a, like a classical way. So I was a, you know, black and white photographer and uh, did like stuff that everybody, everybody did. Um, but when I was studying in Moscow, I went to this exhibition Mm-hmm. It was a huge exhibition in like a major museum in Moscow, and it was an exhibition of Gilbert and George. And they, when I saw their art, it just blew my mind and and just opened my horizon in terms of like that photography. I can do anything with photography because their art is like it's big massive like prints with and they all have like this vivid colors mm-hmm. and uh <clears throat> it's all the self-portraits um and they're very graph graphic and 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 just it's like I, I never saw anything like that yeah and and this gave me permission to do whatever with my own photography yeah so that was a huge inspiration for me it just it it 
and and it was like no stopping me. Like I, I was experimenting with all kind of paints and sprays and. Yeah, I, I still have my early photos um, with me, yeah. uh, prints, uh, and it was, uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. I actually have a couple here. And then I start, began combining my male nudes with with, uh, with painting. And this is what I do throughout my photography um, uh, career, I guess, uh, as an artist. Um, I combine all kind of photography you know right now I, I I paint on my street photos and I add collages from my you know my my uh, family from a family album mm-hmm. um, so yeah <laughs> it's breaking the rules all the time yeah yeah and your your um you know your inspiration to paint uh came from that exhibition did you have experience as a painter or was this just something you you developed after seeing this this kind of work no i no i'm not i don't have a a, a formal training uh, yeah. in painting per yeah. se yeah um you know i i went to school in soviet union like it, the, the 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 my education included um Painting classes, dance classes, history classes, uh, manners classes. I mean, this is like uh, sewing classes, cooking classes. This is, I mean, we were like, uh, or like a shooting from a rifle classes. I mean, this, <laughs> yeah, this is, um, so I had like a basic uh, school, yeah. you know, drawing lessons. Yeah. Because yeah, you you ended up developing a whole a whole family series uh, of um, I guess you you'd, you'd call them hand painted photographs, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's that's a bit of um, I, I you know correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're you're kind of blending some personal work with historical events in that series. Is that is that accurate, or how would you describe it? Um. Well, I wouldn't uh, say I'm blending like historical events, mm-hmm. but I'm raising a questions of like what happened to my family during those historical events. Okay. Uh, the the series called Lost Family Family, and uh, it's actually a, a new series. Uh, I began doing. Um, I began working on it in, I think, 2015. Okay. Um, after uh, Marilyn Mark encouraged me to continue with my own personal projects. And I thought, like, what would, would it be? And she was, she really liked my hand-painted, old hand-painted work. And, mm-hmm. and she asked me, like, why did I stop? Right. She really liked it, and she, and then later she wrote a, a letter in one of the things. She said, "You know, that I should continue with my personal project." Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> at first, I thought I wanted to explore my childhood because I had like a a few uh, photos from my childhood, mm-hmm. and so I started looking through uh, my boxes of old photos, looking for photos of 
of, of me as, as a young um, girl. And I came across photographs that I haven't seen, you know, after my mother and grandmother death, I just collected pictures and I just threw them in the box. So I saw photos, uh, I found photos of uh, one of the examples, like an uncle that I didn't know I had. Hmm. So it made me question like, wow, okay. So he sent a photo of himself to my mother and he wrote on the back that it's from your brother, you know, to my dear sister, from your brother, uh, from Usurisk. And Usurisk is a small town in Siberia. Huh. So I'm like, why is he in Siberia? And why I never heard of him? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, then identity, like my own identity. Uh, I was born Tatar. Mm-hmm. Tatar is a minority group yeah. in, in Russia. And... You know, during Stalin, Stalin, what he did, he he put all the Tatar population in Crimea into the train and just shipped all of them into Siberia, Urals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm from Urals. Um, I mean, I knew my grandfather was killed. Uh, he was the head of like a collective um and my mother, my, my grandmother was always like terrified and, you know, fearful and like she, she didn't want us to speak in Russian. She's like, you know, there's spies everywhere. Only speak Tatar with me. You know, there was like, mm-hmm. so growing up like that, you know, or my mother, like she refused to speak Tatar. She's like, no, we're only speaking Russian. Um, and uh, so, you know, being called a Tatar, like being teased, uh, you know, being a Tatar, um, I didn't want to do anything with my own nationality, like my own culture. Right. And because it wasn't popular. So when I went back to, so when I left uh, Ufa in 1992, I was like, I never coming back. But when I went back in um, recently, uh, like 2017, I was invited to um, by the local uh, photo collective to travel around Bashkortostan and just take pictures. Mm-hmm. I jumped into the opportunity. I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds like interesting. Yeah, I have zero expectation. Um, I didn't know what to expect. And so when I went there and we were traveling, uh, it was 20 of us in like in small, like a, a van. Mm-hmm. And I was split in two groups. So it was like 10 or 12 of us. And I remember uh, we were going to the first point and uh, I'm like, where are we going? So he was like, they tell me the, the region. And I'm looking at the map, it's five hours drive. <laughs> And I'm looking at Mac. I'm like, oh my God, this the Republic where I'm from. It's so huge. Yeah. And you know, five hours. It's like this. Like this is the map of Bashkortostan. Like it, it. On the map, it's like it's tiny. Two inches. <laughs> <Yeah>. Two inches, <laughs> and it's five hours drive. So. And then, um, so we were traveling for a week, and 
I was just blown away by the 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 culture. You know, we go to the small village, and there was some you know there was celebrations um, uh, called Sabantui. Where all these villagers get together and they they celebrate uh, harvest time in June, and they all dress up in their holiday dresses that they handmade themselves, and they singing and dancing, they cooking their yurts. Uh, each village has a yurt, mm-hmm. and um, and their games. And I'm looking and I'm listening. I don't even like. I didn't even know whether I should take pictures or shoot like little iPhone videos. I was like, oh my God, this is my culture. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I felt so emotional. I was crying. I was like, I, I felt like frustrated. I'm like, I was robbed of my own culture. Yeah. Like I had no idea how beautiful it is. You know, the, the people are just Amazing. I mean, everything. I was just, oh, I fell in love with my, 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 my country. Yeah. You know, and since then, every year, no matter what, I go uh, and I travel the, uh, around the villages and I take pictures. This is, this is the time of the year is for me where I take photos. I, I talk to people. I eat delicious food. Mm-hmm. I, I buy local handmade stuff. And, uh, it's, it's like the life is so simple and, 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 oh, the, the, the nature, the nature is like, you go and here's a, uh, like a little Switzerland and here's a little <laughs> Italy. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah. How old were you when you left originally? Uh, so I left in 92. Uh, I was 20. I was about to turn 27. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was, a, you know, an adult. Yeah. And so it's interesting. So in a way, this, this project is coming out of that, I guess that experience, uh, the, you know, and and that that reconnection with the the culture, and maybe sort of an exploration then uh, of of your past. Absolutely, and and um, the lost family, uh, it it is a um, a creating in my mind uh, is a creating my own family photos mm-hmm. by uh, combining the photos I took uh, in Bashkortostan. Of, of of people and combining my own family photos and, and you know I'm raising a question it's like um you know about family history mm-hmm. yeah about your place your place in it in in the family and in the culture I guess yeah and also you know my viewers hopefully my viewers too you know can question their own history yeah um you know their own background yeah. Uh, and uh, where they came from, and uh, it's 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 very interesting. I did my DNA. It's, it's all it was yeah. it's like my life. It's very <laughs> yeah. very very um, <laughs> exciting. Yeah. I always find it interesting how quickly uh, we can lose a connection to past generations. I mean, I can I can speak from my own experience, and I can echo the 
some of what you're saying, you know, about, you know, having an uncle that you didn't know and, and just, and how close that is. I mean, that's two generations behind you and, and it's already, you know, fading into the mists. It's fascinating for sure. Well, let's, let's move on a bit. So, so you were 27, you said when you moved to, was it, you moved to New York at that age? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what, what brought you to New York? So, uh, when I was about to give up photography, I, um, I was part of this, uh, boat trip, um, in, in Russia with like 200 other photographers. Hmm. Uh, it was an international like, uh, two-week uh, boat trip on the Volga River. Hmm. And um, I brought my prints, uh, my hand-painted, I brought my portfolio there. Yeah. And uh, there, were, there was an American woman photographer and she bought two of my prints for a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. which was so much money to me. <laughs> uh, a lot. Yeah. And and then I w- was chosen as one of the fourteen young Russian photographers to be in this group exhibition, uh, traveling exhibition, in America. And uh, so uh, everybody was, everyone was invited. And, but uh, only a few of us could come to the opening. You know, it's 1992. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> but, you know, we're still like, you know, still in the Soviet Union, and where I'm from, like the the, re- the like Moscow, there already was a lot of changes. But yeah. where I came from, you know, I go there every year. There's not much changed no. since I left. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, I made it to New York, um, and I was also in love uh, with the, with one of the photographers mm-hmm. uh, who happened to be in New York, and. Um, so I came here and, you know, back there, you know, I had a career and I, I became very known in the, not only in Bashkortostan, but kind of in Russia because mm-hmm. of my male news and because mm-hmm. I think it was only three of us women in whole Soviet Union who did that. Yeah. And so... I left everything. I mean, I didn't even know I was going to stay here. You know, I came here and I just fell in love with New York. Yeah. Like immediately. I felt the energy and I felt the I just the 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 the, the first thought was like I was supposed to be born here. <laughs> you know, this is like You found your place. I felt freedom. I yeah. felt freedom yeah i felt freedom as a as an artist yeah you know as a woman yeah um and i just i i never went back <laughs> you know yeah. um i extended my visa uh, and then i got into uh 
International School of Photography, International Center of Photography uh, as a full-time student. Mm -hmm. uh, we got married. I mean, so, yeah, and, and that's how I end up in New York. Yeah. And you ended up working for AP? Yes. So um, as I was finishing ICP, I uh, was looking, uh, AP was looking uh, for a, a temporary uh, printer, like a summer printer, mm -hmm. you know, to replace uh, someone who went on vacation. And I, I'm embarrassed to say that, but I never even heard of AP, yeah. you know, when, when uh, somebody told me, you know, that you should try, you should try to apply. Yeah. And so I applied and I, and I got a job. Um, so, and that's how I started my almost nine year career at AP as a, as a photo printer. It's like, you know, I was like repeating my, <laughs> yeah. my career. And um, so I worked as a photo printer and that's when my ability to retouch photographs. Remember I told you at the beginning, mm -hmm. I was, I, I knew how to retouch negatives. That's right, yeah. In the glass plates with a pencil. Yeah. Uh, so I was pr pretty good with the brush. And, yeah. um, you know, I would print all these exhibition prints for World Press Photo, Pulitzer, you know, awards and everything. And then I would just retouch them. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were from negatives. And yeah. those negatives are scratched. And so I would just retouch them. And, and uh, my AP bosses were quite impressed with this ability that I was like, a, you know, print the print, come out, and there was like a, um, there's a color dark one where the color prints would come out, and and I was just on this um, surface of the color printer. <laughs> I would just retouch the prints. Yeah, as they're coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and then um, and then they created a position for me just to keep me at AP. Hmm. Uh, when the time was uh, uh, the time was right, so yeah. And then I did a lot of things like special, pro you know, I was photo editor at a couple of Olympics, you know, all this like events like Olympics or convention, like political conventions. Um, and so that's how I think also helped me to develop my eye as a editor. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, it was very helpful to be in a room with where the discussion went into what are we, they're going to uh, enter into like a Pulitzer. Right. It, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. It was really, it was really great. Yeah. 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 What what were you shooting with back then? So if we if we go back to those days, what uh, what kind of gear were you starting to carry around uh, for the work you were doing? You know, surprisingly, I only had a, a, a few cameras in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, once I find my camera, I stick to it. Yeah. And so. When I was in Russia, um, I was using Olympus and Practica. Okay. So I had a Practica, and then I um, 
exchanged it to Olympus. Uh, when I got here, I started shooting with Canon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was shooting Canon until recently. Um, you know, when I quit uh, my business, I, I, I stopped shooting Canon. But yeah, I was a Canon shooter for almost, uh, I mean, over 25 years. Yeah. I guess I guess I should ask since we're talking. What are you What are you shooting with nowadays? Uh, now I'm shooting with the Fujifilm. Okay. XT3. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. I love Fuji. Yeah, they're great little cameras, especially for for street work and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of good cameras. I mean, when people sure. ask me like, "What camera?" I mean, they're all good. It's just like I at the time I chose Fujifilm just because of the the files. You know, mm-hmm. I make I, I make prints. Yeah. You know, for me, it's not just to show on uh, my website. Yeah. I also make large prints. Yeah. So the quality of the file for me is very important. Yeah. And um, uh, and then there's a couple of technical things that I like. You know, like a uh, like a jewel card, mm-hmm. uh, and the the uh, the screen needs to be flipped out a certain way. Like they now they've they have a uh, XT4, mm-hmm. which I didn't buy because the screen flips uh, horizontally right. to the side. I, 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 you know, I didn't like that uh, feature yeah. at all for the work I do. So I need to flip it down. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a street photographer. I need to be, very, you know, very minimalistic. So when mm-hmm. I flip the screen to the side, it's just the camera becomes kind of bigger it becomes twice a bit as big yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so uh yeah so i just got a used uh, xt3 yeah what uh what I, I'm, I'm gonna stick on gear here because because uh, it's yeah, a yeah, yeah, favorite yeah. topic of mine but uh when you're walking around on the street are you, what what lens uh, do you like to put on the front so for the longest time, I had only one lens, which is equivalent to 27, uh, Fuji, yep. you know, the pancake, uh, what is it, uh, 18? 18 millimeter, yeah. Yeah, this is how, you know, I'm like, I'm not into technical things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a little Leica before, and I had a fixed uh, 35, uh-huh. but when I noticed uh, with 35 millimeter, I would cut off the lips. Yeah. And I, 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 you know, I like to include uh, the hands uh, yeah. into the frame. So that's why I switched to a 28. I'll just call it the, that is it, as it is, uh, yeah. the 28, equivalent to 28. Yes, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, my frame improved. So I, I stuck to 28 until it was stolen a couple <laughs> months ago. Oh, no. <laughs> the lens was stolen? <laughs> Well, uh, when pandemic started, I actually bought a 35, yeah. equivalent to 35 millimeter, just because um, I have to be a certain distance mm-hmm. from people. So with 28, I felt like I'm too, uh, you know, I'm on a safe distance, but my frame was too loose. Right. So I bought a 35, and it worked for me. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I had a twenty eight in the in the bag that was stolen. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm shooting thirty five now, and it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm used to it. 
Uh, you just got to step back now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a very minimalistic. I have yeah. a, I go out, uh, I have one camera, one lens. Yeah. Um, I do have a, like when I travel, I, I do bring a backup. Yeah. I have a backup camera, XT2. Yeah. Um, and when I did commercial photography, also, of course, I had yeah. a backup to a backup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess you're telling us that you don't think gear really matters, does it? What is our gear? Um, I mean, it matters to extent, like if it helps you to uh, create your vision. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it matters. I mean, if you have a shitty lens, uh, you know, it, it could affect your quality of your picture. Yeah. Um, so lens, lens is important. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would say just, you know, pick your gear and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to chase the latest and greatest. Yeah. Um, if it works for you, I mean, when I when I had a wedding photography business, I I remember the Canon um, Mark. Uh, what is it? God, I forgot already. Mark two five D or what is it? Five, the first the, one. The, the well, yeah, there was the five D and then the five D Mark two. That's right. That came after. And then Mark Three, right? Yeah. They had that dual card. Yeah. Which one? Was it? Oh. Mark Three, I think. Three for sure did. Yeah. 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 So when that camera came out, I'm like, yes, I'm getting this um, yeah. because of the dual card. Uh-huh. Um, to me, it was important yeah. to have a backup. Yeah. I was shooting on two cards at the same time. Yeah. And those cameras, I worked. From the day they came out until the day I quit. Yeah. I don't know how many years was that. <laughs> I didn't, you know, there were other cameras were coming out. I just, the, the, the changes in those cameras were not significant for yeah. me to switch my gear. Yeah. So I was shooting, you know, I had my fixed lenses that I, I love, 35 and 85. It's funny, actually, since we're talking gear. Yeah. When I was a wedding photographer, my favorite lens was 35. Yeah. When I'm shooting streets, it's 28. Yeah. yeah. Weddings, 35. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 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 I think I think um, a lot of photographers that are shooting primes for weddings, they, they do. They, they, it's 35 and 85 are sort of the two I hear most often anyway, as far as their go-to lenses for, for wedding work. It's interesting. Yeah, the eighty-five is the like a, as we called it. I don't know what they call it now. Like we, I called it shit to gold lens. I mean, that was- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It comes out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so you're you're in New York and you're working for AP. Um, Man, there's so much we can talk about, but I, I guess one thing I really wanted to to touch That's on. That's why you said 20 minutes. I know I said 20 minutes. <laughs> we're not gonna get there, are we? Oh, we're way over. We're way over. That's okay. <laughs> Interested in getting new preset and profile collections every month? Then you need to check out Archipelago Quest. Quest subscribers will get fresh new photo editing tools every month along with bonus tutorials and educational content. For only $8 a month, Quest is a real game changer in the preset world.
As a bonus, we have a limited time offer for our podcast listeners to get their first month of Quest for free. From now until the end of November, use the code PODCAST38 when you sign up for this special offer. So head over to archipelagoquest.com and check it out. Now, on with the show. But I wanted to ask you, um, because it is significant, of course, we're, we're just 20 years out from, from 9-11, but, but you, you were there in New York when 9-11 happened. You were there with your camera, you, I, although I, I think you were supposed to be gone. Because you, you were working for AP at that time, right? So you were, you were working yes. as a photographer. Yeah. I guess just, just give us, give us your, your interpretation of, of sort of those events from, from the lens, you know, no pun intended, from the lens of, of, of you, know, you as a photographer. So, um, yes, I was working um, at AP and um, and I wasn't supposed to be at work until like noon. And I uh, woke up from all the sirens. You know, I used to live like four blocks away from the World Trade Center, mm-hmm. um, Fulton and Gold. And... So I wake up from all the sirens and I, you know, turn the TV on. I see uh, one tower, uh, you know, burning. Mm-hmm. And I see on TV, uh, I see the second plane approaching uh, the second tower. And I hear it at the same time. You know, yeah. September 11th. It's like the perfect weather. Yeah. No skies, you know, no no clouds in the sky. So my windows are open and I hear this jet. Yeah. And I see it on TV. And it like goes into the building. And I'm like expecting it to fly out for some reason. You know, it's like it was just so surreal. Yeah. And I hear the explosion at the same time. It's just so powerful. My building shook yeah and you know and it was obvious that it was not a an accident yeah and um so i had this film in the refrigerator because um september 8th i was supposed to go to russia to work on my uh long-term documentary project so i threw all the film in the bag and I, you know, I ran out, I, you know, I lived pretty close. So I was there like pretty, you know, pretty soon. Yeah. So I go there and all these people like running opposite way. And so I get to the, uh, to the Fulton and church uh, and I'm looking up and it's like, you know, when the, build, when the plane crashed, I don't know what kind of plane yet. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody like because I left so soon. I don't know what what kind of plane. So when I got on, uh, you know, I'm standing right under the World Trade Center. I'm looking up, and it's just like you know, smoke billows. And I honestly, I didn't realize, you know, it was dangerous. How big the planes were. Like you don't even think that they're going to collapse. Of course, you know. So I keep walking. You know, I want. I went to. uh, so I went into inside of the World Trade Center, and then I'm like, you know, I have to come out. So I keep the view of the 
of the towers and I can also focus on people. And that's where I stopped um, uh, by the Millennium Hotel, which was right across the street from the World Trade Center. And I was taking photos of the injured people that brought out into this like triash area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember cop asking me like, you know, how can you take photos? And I'm like, this is history. Yeah. And um, thinking to myself, you know, I, I, you know, you do your job. I do my job. You know, firefighters do their job. Um, and uh, so they did kick us out like a, to another corner, which was very important in terms of uh, like it wasn't too far, like the millennium. So they kicked us to the corner. This, you know, they, they put like a tape yeah. around. Uh, so they're the only injured there. And so they moved the photographers. So I, I crossed the street to the north side of the um, church uh, street. And I hear this, trembling noise so i lift my camera and take and i see in my viewfinder i had 85 so mm-hmm. I, I switched it to 85 millimeters so because they kicked us out so right to across the street and so I, I lift my camera i see in my viewfinder the building is collapsing yeah i take one shot yeah my 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 famous photo of building collapsing yeah one shot uh and we we just Somebody screamed, run, and we, you know, I run. Yeah. And, you know, I fell. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I was a pretty good runner. I mean, I used to run like marathons. I did biathlons. And it's like, but when I fell, uh, I'm thinking I fell. When the building fell, it was like a, a, a like a mini earthquake. Yeah. I think the the ground shook. I mean, that's why I fell. I felt so bad, uh, like flat on my belly. You know, I have my camera, my my, my bag, and uh, so I look back and I see this humongous cloud, like fast approaching, mm-hmm. and uh, there was nowhere really to hide, and uh, so I hid behind the car. Yeah, and. And that cloud just enveloped us. And it was like, you know, the car was moving. It was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and and scary. Yeah. And the, the, the wind was so sharp that, that, that the, all this debris, I remember it was so sharp. It's like, it's just like, you know, almost like scratching you, like, you know, as it passes you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, it stopped uh, and it was so dark and I couldn't hear anything and I couldn't breathe. And, you know, I thought I was buried alive. Uh, and then when I realized uh, that I was, in fact, alive and that I wasn't under rebels or anything, uh, I just uh, start shooting again, and it helped me to to disconnect, I guess, from the reality. Yeah, you know, it really helped me mentally 
Um, I mean, I blacked out actually there for I don't know how long. Um, I remember certain things, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't remember like changing a lens or changing a film. I kind of snapped out of it when somebody like gave me a water and a mask. Um, and then I just went home. I came home and uh, I mixed the chemicals and the developer and the fixer. And I developed the film. I almost developed the color film, but I was like, well, the, what is this? <laughs> um so yeah, I developed the film, and uh, with the film wet in the tank, I walked to work. So that's the short version. Yeah, was it significant for you, the twentieth anniversary? To I guess is is every anniversary sort of bring you back to that day? This twentieth anniversary was something. Um, typically. I get a lot of requests for my photos mm-hmm. um, and every year it's busy, but busy in terms of like, okay, I have to find a photo. I have to send this. I have to invoice. I have to, you know, all kinds of things what's mm-hmm. happening. Right? But this year media was interested in my story mm-hmm. and it was so overwhelming and emotionally overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, I had to like even decline some few interviews because I was just exhausted. Yeah. It, you know, the, the journalist asking me questions that I didn't even think about for 20 years mm-hmm. or didn't realize the significance. Or, you know, it's it's like every time I had to dig deep inside. Yeah. And it was it was hard. You know, it was hard. Um, although I can talk about 9-11, uh, fine. I mean, I went through a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things I made peace with. And, um, and the work I did that day... Um, you know, I'm proud of it. Uh, I, I think I did important work that is still relevant 20 years later. Yeah. I, I just um, went to the opening of exhibition in New York Public Library and the exhibition called Treasures. And, you know, it's a 150 years old library and they have 5 million stuff in their collection so they chose the most significant the most important 250 uh, treasures yeah and they included two of my photographs from yeah. 9-11 wow and not one which I thought it was one but they include two of my prints which shortly after 9-11 um, being an artist I knew how important it was to make prints mm-hmm. the same year you photograph you made you know you photograph so I made a few prints in the dark room and I went to the to the library and I said 
here's the two print I want to donate for, for your, you know, for the history, for it, mm-hmm. whatever the generations. And it's so funny. They're like, well, we can't just, ex- you know, accept the, <laughs> the prints. We have to go through like a lot of, you know, approvals. Right. Anyway, so they accepted my uh, my gift, and it was in their storage, whatever there is, uh, for twenty years. And they they now they include in the permanent collection they call treasures. Yeah, amazing. To me, when I went there, I was like, okay, here is the only of uh, there's a copy of only two copies of uh, Declaration of Independence, for example, in the mm-hmm. same room. Yeah, you know, it's like to me, you know, they have prints that I made with my hands in my dark room. You know, significant, very, very significant. <laughs> yeah, I did even Instagram about it. I am still like soaking in into this the the significance of 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 this moment for for me. You know. It's it's a little bigger than getting that first street photo published, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there's a, there's a, a a few things that I um, that made me, you know, proud of myself and mm-hmm. the work I do. And the other one is publish my first book. Yeah. Um, when a street photographers. Yeah. And that was. You know, not only proud moment for me, but for so many women. Right. Because there's there was never a, a book like this published before. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, you know, I when I was working on this book, I'm just you know just like everything in my life, you know, I'm working on my book. You know, this is. But when it came out, that's when I realized how important it was. Yeah. You know, when it was published and. You know, New York Times, Washington Post, The Guardian, and you know, Vogue. I mean, it's like, it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is one, one, one of the other things. It's like street photography is so male dominated. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm dealing with this all my life. That's right. Um, and I never wanted to consider myself as a, you know, a female photographer. I wanted to be looked at as an equal and treated as an equal. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to be, uh, you know, show in like, okay, uh, a women category. Like, you know, when there's a contest and there's like, okay, uh, you know, only for women photographers or something. Like, yeah. you know, we're not a category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, creating women's street photographers is also as a form of a protest. Yeah. And it it I wanted to give a a voice uh, to not only for myself but other women. You know, I created it after Trump was elected to, mm. because you know it it brought me back his actions and words. Yeah. Uh, brought me back to Russia, you know, when I, in a time where I experienced the old sexism and, um, so, so yeah, made me think like, what can I do to elevate the voice of 
female photographers. And, and yeah, that was in the way I, I thought, you know, I'll just uh, create a, a, a group exhibition of uh, women street photographers because I'm a street photographer. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I realized that I don't even know anyone. You know, I didn't know a single street, female street photographer. Uh, or if I knew the name, they were all like, you know, dead. Right. But I wanted to create an exhibition of contemporary uh, women photographers. And so, yeah, I began my search on Instagram, uh, which was quite challenging. Yeah. And And then I'm like, you know what, I'll just... When I would find one or two... I would save them, right? Yeah. Uh, but then I'm like, you know, let me create my own, you know, separate Instagram account. I'll call Women's Street Photographers. And I was saving into that account. So I had like, I have them in one place. Yeah. And it was my, you know, catalog. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was uh, collecting work by women for my future exhibition. And then I'm like, okay, let me start posting that work. Yeah. Because... I was when I was looking at the street photography accounts, they were all dominated by work by you know male photographers. And you know how much it works. You know, you go to the you see a work you like. You go to um, uh, that photographer's Instagram account, and you know, male, 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 male. Um, there are a lot of like accounts who you don't know male or female. Which I learned at the beginning that a lot of female photographers didn't want to show that they're female photographers Interesting. because they want it to be treated equally. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. You know, there, there's a, a, a female photographer that I really admire. I mean, in the book, she used her um, anonymous name still. Hmm. Uh, but I figured out she was a woman <laughs> yeah. because I was digging and digging, and digging and like, Oh, okay. She, she's a she. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times I would like write, like, are you, you know, female or male? You know, like, not like that, but sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, you know, I started posting photos uh, little by little, and um, then I start writing um, why I like that particular photo. And then what what else I noticed that a lot of Instagram accounts are like you don't even know who who are the editors, who are the curators of those accounts. Like, what's their background? Like, what gave them the right yeah. uh, to post that picture? And we should believe them. This is a good picture. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, I didn't want people to think that this is another Instagram account, like anonymous Instagram, faceless, nameless account, you know? Yeah. So I, I started my Instagram lives just, you know, it was scary. You know, I'm, I'm a private person, you know, I, I didn't really like, but I just wanted people to trust me. You know, I want people to know that there's a woman behind this account who knows her shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who has a you know a lot of experience behind the, her back as a photographer, as a photo editor, as That's a curator, right. you know, and um, 
so yeah, this is that was the main reason, and and you know, and then it took off. Yeah, it's interesting eh? because it must at some point almost taken on a life of its own, where you you know you had enough, I guess, visibility that did you have to stop digging so much and for for work? And how does that work now? I mean, do you do you have people just reaching out to you or? So right now, I um, feature work by female photographers who submit their work for exhibitions. So yeah. I curate exhibitions around the world. Right. And I mean, the amount of talent I discover, it's like, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I also, um, there's a hashtag, Women's Street Photographers. Occasionally I scan that hashtag. I find uh, more yeah. talent. There's so many women who are as passionate and doing it, uh, doing street photography for, for the for the love of photography. Yeah. Um, you know, every time I discover, like, and also, you know, there's countries where, you know, Instagram is maybe not like as popular. Yeah. And that's how I discover work through inst- exhibition submissions. Um, every exhibition submission, I offer free uh, opportunity to women who cannot afford um, to to pay for uh, a fee, mm-hmm. or women who live in countries that are under U.S. embargo. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I discovered amazing, talented women from Iran. Mm-hmm. You know, or Cuba. Cuba, yeah. You know. Uh, there are so many women like uh, yeah this is this is uh, this is the opportunity for so many women and you've you've uh, you've actually put together many exhibitions now at this point haven't you yes yeah i, I mean even during a uh, pandemic last year i curated five exhibitions yeah yeah um so yeah, exhibitions, and uh, right now I'm curating exhibition uh, in the Mexico Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, I just curated exhibition in, in Paris. Um, so, yeah, there's a, a lot of... Uh, and then also, I, I um, created an artist residency in New York. You know, the things I do is that what I would like to experience myself yeah you know uh and uh like this this artist residency i mean who wouldn't want to come to new york for two weeks and being mentored and have a solo exhibition Mm -hmm. uh, and everything paid for yeah you know, like the last, um, I mean, right now the borders are closed, but uh, last year uh, there was a winner from Kolkata, India. Her name is Debrani Das. And I can't wait for her to get here. You know, she's a housewife in from Kolkata. Mm-hmm. Talented, talented photographer. Yeah. And it's a huge opportunity for her. To yeah. come to New York and just focus on street photography away from, you know, house church, you know, like the, the everyday life and, and, you know, the housework and caring for kids, husband, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever 
her life is, right? Yeah. Did you, I mean, I, I'm hearing why, why you started this project, but do you, do you feel it's, it's become, how can I put this? Is it, I mean, it must be so tremendously fulfilling for you to see what this project has become. And I guess maybe it's, it's bigger than, than you thought it would be. Is it, it it's, you know, how, how, did you, did you ever expect that it would grow to, to what it is now? Maybe. Of course not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I mean, right now, yes, I have like a even bigger ambition, uh, uh, like things that I'm thinking about and mm -hmm. planning to do. Um, but, you know, over and over and over and over, I realized that sky's the limit. Yeah. You know, and if you're really, really passionate about something, it will happen. You know, you just, if you don't give up, you just keep grinding, you know? Yeah. Like when you're truly, really passionate about something, things will happen to you. Yeah. Um, it, of course, I didn't, I didn't expect it would just be such a global phenomenon, um, but it is hard work. It's not just like, you know, posting a picture every day. No. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much behind the scene. I mean, they, now I, um, you know, I, I interview other women. Uh, my goal is to lift confidence in our work and that we are worthy of being, um, you know, workshop leaders and, and, and give presentation and talks and being judges in uh, competitions. I mean, that's another thing that I see all the time. I mean, it's getting better. But what I've learned, actually, what I realize is that most of the time we see the world by world by through male male eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of a circle, you know, we... Uh, who are the judges in the contest? So they pick the, the pictures that are familiar to them, and which is other male photographers, mm -hmm. right? And then they recommend other male judges. Um, and the constant, you know, the festivals and conferences, same thing, you know, they they recommend their friends, and then we're listening what they think, you know, we women. Yes. Um, and and it's just a cycle, you know, and then we we go to the exhibition and we see the photographs done by by mail so we see the world through their eyes we're looking at the books and it's like that needs to be broken down and you know uh workshops i mean the, you see uh, they're mostly done by 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 male photographers yeah um and so we learn how to see the world through their eyes you know and it's a uh, it's a, it's, a, it's interesting. I mean, it's changing. I, I gotta say, it's changing. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a hard work. Yeah. Who do, who do you look to for inspiration? Maybe that's a very big question and hard to answer. But uh, what comes to mind when I ask that? Uh, you know, I get inspired by my students. 
you know, I also teach private, I have like private students. Um, and their curiosity and, you know, the like when you teach someone, when you mentor someone, it's like you learn so much. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're in it, like like I am, like for so long, all my life. Mm-hmm. Some things just get um, underappreciated, let's say. Yeah. And when you have a new mentee, you know, student, and you, you know, you get as excited as they are, you know. It's really inspiring. Yeah, I also get inspired by by women who I interview. Right, I interview women who also so passionate about their photography, and they they you know do hard work on just do something that they're passionate about. Yeah. And you know, I interview women who get their own, you know, they publish their own books, self-publish their own books. And, and it's not enough, not enough. There's not, a, not enough women. And that's why it's important to me to, to, again, build the confidence because a lot of us, including me, it's like, oh, you know, we don't have enough good, you know, we don't have enough pictures or we're not good enough or we don't know much or we don't, or we don't know at all. You know, there's a lot of thoughts going in my, in, in our minds, let's put it this way. Mm-hmm. And, um, it needs to be changed. We need to like be more confident, and and the confidence is that comes to like we had to put a foot in front of yourself, and and keep keep doing. Um, what I also learned is that you know the fear fear of unknown, right? This is like this is this is what I realized that that this is what that's when you know you're doing something right because this is how you grow. Yeah. This is how you grow. This is how you uh, go to the next level. Yeah. It shouldn't be easy. Well, I mean, it could be easy. I mean, <laughs> my book, I did the book. It was quite easy actually. It was such <laughs> a joyful process and. And easy, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I love working on my book. Um, well, I imagine there was a ton of hard work, though, behind all of it. Not really. I mean, I already, like, when I got an offer, uh, you know, when Pristel called me and yeah. uh, made me a book offer, I, I already had all the work done, most of it. Most of it. Yeah. You know, the, the hardest part was, like, do I include myself in the book? You know, <laughs> so but then I'm like, okay, well, I'm one of the street photographers. You know, that should probably include my my photo in the book. Of course, of course. Um, but you know, I was confident uh, already into that. Okay, this is an important book, and and this is the work I wanted to include. Um, and I did more research uh, just to make sure I. Um, you know, I didn't miss uh, some, you know, some women, and I'm, I'm sure I, you know, since publishing the book, I learned there's even th- th- there's so many women I'd like to include. Like, I want to do uh, work on the next book, <laughs> volume two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you... this book is a testament. It's like, okay, uh, there are enough, a lot of us. 
Yeah. Like next time you're like, oh, there's no female street photographers. Well, here's the book. There's a hundred <laughs> in it. Pick one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Do you, do you still, it sounds like maybe your, your passion, has it changed? Cause I mean, you, you know, obviously you're passionate about photography, but I mean, now you're doing things on a whole other level by, by sh sharing your passion, maybe through education, through the book, through women's street photographers. So is it, I guess maybe it's changed a bit for you. Is that, is that right? Yes. Um, when people ask me like, well, you know, do you, do you still do photography, street photography, or do you have time to do street photography? Mm -hmm. And no, I don't have time to do street photography. Uh, but what I realized is that to me, working help by helping other women photographers is so satisfying mm -hmm. and that's what is important for me like it that this work pulled me out of depression that i was in you know and when you are doing work that is bigger than yourself it is so satisfying mm -hmm. you know and I'm okay that I don't photograph that often. I'm totally fine. You know, it's, it's not actually important to me right now. Mm -hmm. uh, this is much more important work that is much more satisfying. Amazing. Well, Ganara, I think... Um... I think that's amazing. You know, I, we could probably talk all day, <laughs> but I do want to thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing a little bit about your story and, and just the incredible work you've done and, and the, the work you are doing. It, I think it's super important and I'm happy that uh, we could chat and share that with our audience today. Thank you so much. And um, thank you for, for having me. And I was uh, very honored to share my, my story and I hope your listeners will get some inspiration uh, from, from this talk. Yeah, absolutely they will, for sure. Thank you so much again. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Gulnara Samuelova and Women's Street Photographers, please check out the links in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Please be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen as it helps others discover our show. Thanks again. Until next time.